With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe-Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lock-away channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Tina Hedges' career has taken her everywhere, from the perfume counter at Macy's to inside iconic brands like Christian Dior, Estee Lauder, L'Oreal. But after almost two decades in beauty, she had a personal crisis that inspired her to start Lolly Beauty, the first zero-waste, organic, food-grade approach to beauty. We talk about her epiphany, the one thing she asks every investor she meets with, and why she is so committed to getting this right. Tina, almost two decades in the beauty industry, and then you had both a health scare and a crisis of conscience. What happened? I had spent about almost about two decades uh, or so traveling the world in pretty high-powered marketing roles and innovation roles for big companies in the beauty industry, pretty much helping decide and create all the products in women's beauty cabinets. And sort of simultaneously, I had this weird cross-section of, I started having all these autoimmune issues and systemic allergies that no physician could sort of pinpoint what was really triggering it, as well as went through early menopause. And I was in my mid-30s and no underlying health condition for that. And I started to think about all of the products I'd been applying to my body from you know head to toe for almost two decades. And I started to think about all those that buildup of toxins and chemicals. And I realized that I had been polluting my own body. And simultaneously, I had this consciousness of wow, not only have I been pushing into the world products filled with all these chemicals and nasties and synthetics and carcinogens, endocrine disruptors, all of this, you know, really scary stuff, 
But on top of that, we're blending all of that in 80 to 95% water because most of your skin, hair, and body products are literally water. You're paying for water. And then wrapping all that in single-use plastic. And when the world is running out of water, it's one of our most precious resources, um, when there's going to be more plastic in the ocean than fish by 2025, none of this makes any sense to me, or none of that made any sense to me at, you know, when I had this convergence of the crisis of health and crisis of consciousness. Once you had that aha moment, what was the first thing you did to sort of take that idea and start making it an actual reality? So I had already left the corporate world and I had gone into the startup world. I launched a very successful vegan sulfate-free hair brand. Actually, I was the first to use reality TV show um, on Bravo, a show called Blowout about a hairstylist in LA and his hair salon. Right, because you sort, of, you sort of uniquely understood it was basically an hour-long infomercial. We turned the industry on a dime because prior to that, I mean, it was super early days of reality TV. We're talking like 2004. It was America's Biggest Loser, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, Blowout, and The Apprentice. Those were the reality shows that were on at that time. And I realized, wait a second. This is a show about a hairstylist. Why don't we show him developing his own brand? And no one had done that. So we were the first to do that. And the purpose of me going back to that story is I know how difficult it is to start a business, especially as a minority Hispanic female founder over the age of 30. So I was really scared to start this. And I just kept finding excuses left and right, or I'm going to consult, or I'm going to help this person with their brand. And it finally got to the place that I was just sitting there and I realized, what do I have to lose? What's the worst thing that could happen? So I self-financed and out of my Upper East Side small studio apartment, I launched um, a test of Lolly. And so that was the beginning. Lolly is the world's first zero-waste, organic, food-grade approach to beauty. I want to break each part of that down. What does it mean to be zero-waste? We go to farms and fair trade co-ops around the world, and we find parts of organic food that are being wasted or being thrown away in the process. So, for example, our plum elixir. We work with an organic farm, four-generation owned in France, that grows a very rare plum. It's called the Ente plum. And it's a tiny, it's considered like the foie gras or caviar of plums. It's, it's quite unique. It's extremely potent in antioxidants and vitamins and minerals. And when they make prune juice or pitted prunes, they were throwing away the kernel. And the patriarch, the, the father of this owner of the farm, about 10 years ago said, wait, we press avocado oil from the pit of an avocado. We press all sorts of oils from pits, almond oil. Why can't we press an oil, an organic food grade oil from the pit of the plum? And he literally invented it. Like there, there, no one had ever had plum oil. And then he worked with the French government to get it organic certified and recognized as a food ingredient 
And then we started working with them and realized how powerful it was for skin hair. Then on the development side, uh, when we put together a product, we try to minimally process, so use as little energy as possible, leave the nutrients as raw, so sort of like the raw food movement, and then we never dilute with water. If we add a liquid, it's always um, either a fermentation, like a vinegar, a juice, or a distillate, like organic grape alcohol or hydrosol. So everything is in there is pure and potent. And then lastly, we package in food-grade glass and home compostable uh, labels and bags. So literally, you could throw our labels in your garden, and in 180 days, they become warm food. Your original idea was to deconstruct beauty into living, organic, loving ingredients that could be combined to make multiple products. What did that first launch look like? When I first launched Lolly, I didn't have a lot of money and I was funding myself. So I launched Lolly as the first DIY zero waste blue apron for beauty. So it was a three month subscription box. It was a surprise. You didn't know what you were getting every month. The reason you didn't know is I didn't know what I was going to be sending you. <laughs> I literally I literally had my mom watching telenovelas with her long red fingernails, like packing boxes. And halfway through, we'd be like, oh, my God, some, some of these products, it's uneven because she was like not paying attention. <laughs> we'd have to unwrap everything and pack. It was, it was really crazy times. But the whole idea was I wanted to, to get paid to focus group and sort of understand what level of zero waste and waterless and food grade are women, you know, ready to sort of adopt in their life. And what I learned from that is while people love the idea of DIY, the reality of their day-to-day life is they don't have time to do that. And so they would fall in love with a recipe and be like, can I just purchase the end product? I then went to go raise some money and spent a year in a tech accelerator and then launched Lolly as you see it now. Is there something that's getting in the way of your happiness or that's preventing you from achieving your goals? I have found in my own life that talking with someone can make a big difference, but sometimes the logistics, finding the right person, the time to connect makes things complicated. BetterHelp Online Counseling connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's licensed professional counselors specialize in everything from depression to relationships to self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Best of all, it's an affordable option. Latina to Latina listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code LATINA. So why not join 1 million people who are taking charge of their mental health? Go to betterhelp.com slash Latina. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Latina. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. 
Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Let's go back to talking about how you financed Lolly. Was it your intention initially um, to do an angel round and a pre-seed round? So I knew I had to get money. I took my three fishes and six loaves and made 10 loaves and 12 fishes. Yes. Um, uh-huh. But I got sort of to where I could, and you were um, like, "I've just got like six fish sandwiches. I'm really, <laughs> yeah, like, not going to like, do it. There's no more fish." So I started to go. This is like end of 2016, early 2017, and I started to to go trying to raise money. And I hate to say, but literally, I had a situation where one of the most prominent venture capitalists in New York City sat across the table from me and said, you know, it's really too bad that you have so much experience. And it's really too bad that Lolly is further along than just an idea on a napkin. And it's really too bad you didn't just graduate from Stanford or Harvard Business School, because if all of those criteria had been here, I would have given you $2 million already. And I walked away from that meeting so disheartened. One of the tools in my toolkit that I tried to use um, is every time I meet somebody, I always ask them, who are the three people that you think I need to know in your Rolodex? And I had done that with a private equity guy who happened to make three introductions. He was like, that's a great question. Let me think about it. And he came back to me in the email and he had three introductions. And one of them turned out to be my lead for my uh, angel round. So I'm stealing that piece of advice that is awesome. But let's hold up for a second and talk about the ageism that you encountered there. I mean, in that moment, did you push back or did you just sort of swallow it graciously and then walk away? I swallowed it graciously and walked away. I, I didn't have the fight in me at that moment. I was so 
taken aback and disheartened. And quite honestly, I sat for a year after getting my angel round, I sat for a year in a tech accelerator and I watched it happen all around me. Both female and male founders, 27 to 30, straight out of business school with an idea on a napkin, getting way more funding than I got with all the awards and traction and customer metrics. The standard I am put to is so much higher. You know, I'm 55 years old. Like that's highly unusual to be a startup founder, especially minority, by the way, female, you know, Hispanic at 55, like their attitude is the chances of me building a unicorn are slim to none. I mean, women of color make up less than 0.2% of VC-backed founders. Do you have advice for other Latinas who are trying to pursue this path, especially if they, like you, are not 27 years old? Well, first of all, anyone who wants to talk to me, I'm happy to give give them whatever advice I can. Beware, you will have a very full inbox, my friend. (laughs) It's tough. I would say my advice, though, is search your heart before you begin this journey and ask yourself if this is really your dharma. Is it your soul path? Because you will not be able to survive the dark nights if it isn't. And I I mean that really profoundly. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, tell me, here's the thing, which is I think we, we hear, we tend to talk to people once it, it, they're on the other side and it's sunshine and unicorns, right? And the, it, the, the company has already succeeded and there is, the proof is in the pudding. You sort of are in it, right? Like you are in it. And so this is so much more real and so much more honest than the other side. Um, oh, I'm so, in it and I'm fighting every day. Like one week I'm like, oh, okay, I can breathe. The next minute I'm like, am I going to lose my business? I'm still in that very gray, vulnerable area. And it's incredibly turbulent. The end of 2019 was very hard for me because I went to do another round of financing. And um, I I couldn't raise money because I was past the MVP or minimum viable product stage, but I wasn't quite at Series A. We closed 2019 just under a million dollars. But by the way, we grew a thousand percent. So like amazing growth. But, you know, we're still in that gray area. I couldn't raise money. You know, the universe is so interesting. Like it keeps showing up just at that last minute. It makes me wait till the very last minute. So I'm like biting my nails. But, you know, between the PPP loan and the SBA loan, I got enough cash to keep me going. And now I'm looking at raising money again through either crowd financing or other vehicles. But yeah, I'm in that. How can I continue to fund growth? And we're having some amazing conversations with some beauty retailers that could be transformational. Is that, a, is that an option to ultimately sell Lolly to a larger distributor or company that is interested in organic, zero waste. I wanted to build a company that changed the industry and put the industry on notice. And I'm very, very proud to say whatever happens, if even if Lolly goes out of business tomorrow, I did that. 
you and our executive producer, Juleka, are both Tory Birch Foundation fellows. And so when Juleka emailed to say, beauty CEO, Cuban, raised in Jamaica, I was like, okay, I have not heard that before. <laughs> yes. What were the messages around beauty in your house growing up? So some of my early memories are actually living in Jamaica and my mom plucking herbs, making concoctions from natural ingredients plucked from the garden or the sea. As an example, it's one of my favorite ones. It's a great little tip to know if you're bitten by a bug, like stung by a bee or have an insect bite, and you're outside, find three leaves from three different trees or bushes, crush them in your hand and rub them on on the bite or the sting. And the inflammation will go away immediately. It has to be three leaves from three different trees. Okay. Things like that. And that's how I grew up, right? And then I learned the science in the beauty industry. And so it's really a nice combination of both, right? Like I, I have the ancestry and the knowledge and the sort of Caribbean Latin instincts. And then I know the science and I combine the two. You were just out of college. You had gone to work in the fashion industry, but you say you didn't fit there. How so? Well, it was 1988. And at that point, the fashion industry in New York was still very much run uh, family-owned businesses, uh, not venture or private equity backed, um, not a lot of business discipline or strategy, very sort of off the cuff. And I am left brain and right brain at the same time. So I can be incredibly creative and envision, you know, how to make the invisible visible. But at the same time, I can look at a spreadsheet and look at numbers and apply some, you know, sort of discipline as a word and rigor. Um, And I just realized like this wasn't my fit. I didn't feel right. And I actually ended up getting fired from my first job, which is really funny. I remember that day because my mom, I came home crying and she was like, oh, don't worry. Everyone gets fired once in life. So at least you got it over right away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then what happened and how I got into beauty is I was looking for a job and I got introduced to this young German president of um, Christian Dior Perfumes. And he had just fired everybody in the company because he said what was wrong with the beauty industry is that um, executives would be in their roles for 25, 30 years. And all they would do is every year is take out their budget from last year, increase it 15 percent and go out for a three hour lunch. And so he fired everyone and he was rebuilding the company. And he said to me, I will give you a chance, but you have to go and sell in store. And I won't tell you how long you're going to be there. It may be one week. It may be a year. But if you're not willing to do that, you shouldn't be in this business because that's where the business begins and ends. And I remember coming home and thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to be a perfume salesperson. Like, this can't be my career. Like, all my friends were on Wall Street making tons of money. And... um I talked to my dad and he said, you know, well, what's the worst thing that could happen? You do it for three months and he lied to you. Well, you learned how to sell something and that's an important skill. 
So I became a fragrance salesperson in Macy's Herald Square for the launch of Christian Dior Fahrenheit Men's Cologne. I still can't smell that cologne. It makes me sick to my stomach. It like brings back memories. And that was <laughs> so funny. I'm like, I'm like this, the scent of my youth. <laughs> and by the way, he was absolutely right. I learned so much. And I was there about, I want to say like six months selling. It was really tough. And then he gave me an opportunity to go into corporate communications and advertising. And from there, I went into product innovation and creative marketing. And sort of that's how my career took off. Here's my final question. What is your advice for a Latina who is interested in a career in beauty? It's hard to break into the beauty industry to some degree. And I really believe um, that you should bet on yourself. And I have an example in my uh, team right now. A young girl straight out of college um, came to me last year in the summer at a very difficult time when we were, you know, really strapped for cash. And she said she wanted to work for us. And I said, well, I can give you a paid internship, you know, very small money, but you have to start at the bottom. And even if you're interested in marketing, you need to work on ops and customer service because that's where business begins and ends. She proved herself and she now has a full-time job with us. She's an associate manager in ops and she's learned so much, but she put in her time and she was willing to do the dirty work. And I don't make anyone do anything I won't do. Like if a box needs to be packed, I'm on the floor packing it with you. Like, but you have to show that you have an eagerness, put your ego aside, start anywhere, get on the path, get in the room. Someone once said to me, first you get in the stadium, then you change your seat. I love that. Right? So don't get caught up like, oh, but I really want to be social media manager. Well then, Maybe you need to start as helping create some content or take some photographs or offer to give some posts for free. I think we're living right now in a time it's really about showing results. You know, show what you can do. Tina, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lentigua-Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our senior producer. Virginia Lora is our managing producer. Cedric Wilson is our lead producer. Production help from Kat Hernandez. Manuela Bedoya is our social media editor. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening right now. And please leave a review. It is still the fastest, best way to help us grow as a community.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.